And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Monday. Casey just clear here with Coach Brian Colley, who is in the studio. We've got a fun show coming your way today. Um, heavy basketball today because today is basketball opening day around the state of Louisiana. We've had jamborees and Hall of Fame games and scrimmages and all a bunch of stuff that really didn't mean anything other than just getting some teams some works. To, uh, today, the games actually start to matter. Uh, we have H.L. Bourgeois Boys basketball coach, Coach Andrew Cayouette, on the line at 1145. He will be chatting with us about his team, which um, I think they're loaded to the gills, man. I think they're going to have a big bounce back year. Darian Jenkins hopes that her South Lafouche Lady Tarpons have a bounce back year. They didn't make the postseason last year. They're hoping to be a little stronger this year. We'll have Darian on at noon to talk about her team. They were scheduled to start the season tomorrow out in Morgan City. That game has been postponed to a later date. Morgan City, uh, Central Catholic of Morgan City does not have enough players to start the season. Then at 12-15, we go to a high school football coach who's still in the playoffs, Coach Grogan over at Central Catholic of Morgan City. They got an opening round win. We'll chat with him at 12-15. Uh, I've got things to say about the Saints. I've got things to say about LSU. I've got things to say about Zion Williamson. We'll get to all that in the back end of the show. But, Patna, we had a bunch of high school football playoff games that were played um, this past weekend. I'll get you all of the local scores right here in this segment. If I could get my doggone LHSAA app working. Here we go. I could get you our LHSA brackets. Around the state of Louisiana in Division I non-select, it was a Black Friday for local teams. All of our local teams in that bracket, besides for Destrahan, are gone pecan. Westgate defeats Terrebonne 27-10. to That's a 16 going over a 17. I actually saw highlights of that game. We were playing in light rain. They were playing in a driving rain throughout the course of that game. Westgate gets a 27-10 to win over Terrebonne. Thibodeau falls 42-9 against Southside. And by the way, Westgate moves on to take on number one Rustin in the second round. Uh, Southside defeats Thibodeau 42-9. Southside now moves on to take on Airline. That's a four versus 13. Airline is the number one passing offense in the state of Louisiana. Will be a big test for Southside. They get by Thibodeau 42-9. Destrahan in an opening round by. They'll take on Bell Chase, who defeated Parkway 43-16. Uh, so Destrahan and Bell Chase in round two. The game that we had here locally... Dutchtown gets a 42 to nothing win over South Lafouche. Um, Tarpons played hard, just, you know, couldn't stay with them. Dutchtown gets the win. They'll take on Chalmette. And then the last local team uh, in Division I non-select is East St. John. They were at home, and they got blasted by Central Baton Rouge, 43-15. to So Central Baton Rouge moves on. In Division II non-select, we didn't have anybody play, uh, but we do have two teams still alive, Assumption and Lutcher got buys in the opening round. Lutcher will take on Abbeville, who defeated Pearl River 34-20. Assumption will take on Brobridge, who defeated Eunice 35-19. Then our buddy Dennis Gaines and Cecilia, they had an opening round buy. They'll face Iota in the second round. Iota defeated Church Point 35-6. We go to Division Three non-select, and we had some local teams in, but none that advanced, unfortunately. Donaldsonville. Uh, falls to Amit 21 to 6 in an 8 versus 25 matchup. Patterson falls to North Webster 42 to nothing in a 14 versus 19 matchup. North Webster will now take on St. James, who's a local team that is still in contention. St. James had an opening round. Bye. We move to Division 2 select. Vanderbilt Catholic gets a win over Douglas 28 to 6. They'll now take on John F. Kennedy in the next round out in the city. 
E.D. White was on a bye. They will be moving on to take on De La Salle, who defeated Buckeye 42 to nothing in the opening round. So De La Salle and E.D. White in the second round of the Division II Select Playoffs. Vanderbilt and Kennedy in the second round of the Division II Select Playoffs. Division Three, Homa Christian Division Three Select, by the way. Homa Christian School falls close. 23 to 8 against Holy Savior Menard. Holy Savior Menard moves on. They'll take on Calvary Baptist in the next round. We have two local teams that are still swinging in Division Four select. We've got Central Catholic of Morgan City, who got an opening round 28 to 6 win over Hamilton Christian. They'll now take on St. Frederick on Friday in a 7 versus 10. And then a big upset. Uh, Covenant Christian, the number 20 seed, goes over number 13 Delta Charter. They didn't just go over them, they rolled over them 35 to 6. CCA will now take on St. Martin's Episcopal on Friday night. At some point in the week, we're going to have Jesse on the show to talk about that. His team played super well, getting a big win. So we've got, let's see, we've got Destrahan, we've got Lutcher, we've got Assumption, we've got Vanderbilt, we've got E.D. White, we've got Central Catholic, we've got CCA. So we still got seven local teams pushing, and um, I think by the time we get to this coming Friday, there's still going to be a handful of them that's going to be left around. Yeah, boy, and you just think, oh, Monday practice and this kind of weather, yeah. maybe indoors or for uh, a second-round playoff game kind of stinks, but it's pretty much like that across the, the state, right, uh, today. Just a, a nasty day out there. But, yeah, seven teams in Casey. I, I was uh, shocked with a couple of games. We talked about the West Monroe with, with yeah. them losing at home and uh, Central of Baton Rouge. Hammering East St. John. Yeah, uh, th- those two kind of uh, shocked me a little bit. You know, and I'll try to get Will Broussard on. Um, they're going to be taking on Bro Bridge. Um, first thing that stands out to me is Assumption has a grass field, and I know the rain's supposed to clear out Wednesday morning, afternoonish, whatever. Um, can maybe be a mud bowl a little bit if that if that doesn't happen and it rains a little longer and a little deeper than what we thought. Um, all those little things come into consideration. I heard on the radio we were talking about um, Evangel, and I said we. The, the folks on the radio were talking about Evangel. They're going to be coming to New Orleans and playing Shaw. I understand Shaw also has a grass field. The radio announcer said, hey, Evangel's never played on grass all year long. Could that slow down their passing attack? Like All these little things go into this stuff, and um, it'll be very interesting to see if the weather does become a factor if this rain lingers a little bit. How crazy that is. Just 10 years ago, you would – you uh, you would play on turf like oh wow that'd be the only you, turf game yeah. all year. Now everyone's on turf. Now you got maybe a one grass game. That's it, uh that's crazy. It is crazy. Um, South Lafouche goes on the road and they play a very good Dutchtown team. Um, and Dutchtown puts it on them, forty-two to nothing. You know they got their running back going. BJ came on the Sports Corner Saturday and and kind of said it like it was right. Hey, I thought for a quarter and a half we played well. Then they just kind of took over the game late in the second quarter. Went up from 14 nothing to 28 nothing. Tarpon's never had an answer from there. Shalmet gets some third-quarter scores, pushes it into running. I'm not Shalmet. Dutchtown gets some uh, third-quarter scores, pushes it into running time, and then that was all she wrote. Tarpon's played hard. They competed. They were just outclassed and overmatched, and um, Dutchtown did what the seventh seed should do to the 26th seed and got an opening round victory. Yeah, look, Tarpon's played hard. Uh, offensive line, I think, did a, a pretty good job. Just a couple of times, uh, maybe protection broke down, and 
Uh, Carson got sacked a little bit, took him out of uh, good uh, short distance for the chain, put him in a long distance, uh, and uh, Dutch Tom took advantage of it. And field position, it, it, it killed the Tarpons. I mean, uh, three or four drives started in Dutchtown territory for Dutchtown. Well, in the Tarpon territory, with uh, Dutchtown had the ball, and uh, a team like Dutchtown, you you can't you can't give them that short field. They're gonna take advantage of it, and they did. But Tarpons played they played hard. You didn't quit, and um, you know now you look forward to next year. I feel like, um, and again, we'll ask BJ this on Wednesday when he comes on with us. I feel like that probably should be a point of emphasis of the offseason. It was like, look, last year, their points of emphasis of the offseason is we got to get bigger, faster, stronger. That's every year. We've got to fix some things defensively because we were not good defensively 2022. And we got to fix our special teams because our special teams was a wreck in 2022. Those were the three big points of emphasis. I think they pretty much pretty well accomplished most of the three, right? I think this year, one of the big points is going to have to be getting better at controlling the field position because when South Lafouche was losing games this year, it was always the same story. You're punting from your end zone. Teams are pressuring your punter, forcing the punt to just go 20, 25, 30 yards. They're starting at midfield, short field, maybe even sometimes better than midfield. Like it felt like when the Tarpons were losing, that was a consistent theme. Going to have to fix that, I think, in the offseason. I don't know necessarily how you do it. Well, I do know how you do it. You get more first downs and you drive the field and and, you know, you don't stay buried in your own territory, but that's going to be a big point of emphasis, I think, for BJ and the staff this year. Because when things went wrong, that was usually at the center of it. Yeah, and look, at it It may not be a bigger fix than what people may think because a lot of times the Tarpons were driving the ball and it's that one or two breakdowns and not necessarily offensive line. It could have been received as a quarterback or a running back missing a block or this and that where Ogeron was sacked for – a 10 or 15 yard loss. Yeah. And and that hurt them. So if they can eliminate that part of it, third down and in, in, in a manageable situation compared to, you know, like a third and, and 20, 25, sometimes what they had. So if it's a shorter day, you don't, you don't give up those sacks. I think you can, uh, even if you don't get it on third down, the fourth down punt, you, is, you are like closer to the, uh, the goal line, put the opponents backed up a little bit. So, look, man, listen to these heavyweight fights. Division one non-select, second-round matchups. We've got Rustin and Westgate. That's big time. You got Walker and North Shore, Santamont and Mandeville, Southside and Airline, Destrehan and Bellchase, Salmon and Zachary, Dutchtown and Chalmette, and Neville and Central Baton Rouge. That's Division One non-select. Let me read you Division One select. Holy Cross versus Jesuit. Karen Crow versus Acadiana, who played during the season, and it was like a one-point game. Carr versus Woodlawn of Baton Rouge. Alexandria versus Brother Martin. Catholic of Baton Rouge versus John Errett. St. Augustine versus John Curtis. St. Paul's versus Tioga. And Rumble versus Captain Shree. Do we have some heavyweight fights on Friday, or do we? Man, this is going to be some big-time, big-boy football. Couldn't we play one game on Monday, one on Tuesday, one on Wednesday? <laughs> Spread it out. Watch all that. Some great matchups. Yes, indeed. We have some big, big-time matchups around the state, and I'm curious to see if all those seeds hold up because, um, like, I think Rumble could beat Captain Sharif. That's an 18. That'd be beating a two. But if I told you right now, hey, Rumble's going to go on the road and beat Captain Sharif, you wouldn't be shocked or surprised by that. I mean, it, 
If I told you that St. Aug would would challenge John Curtis, wouldn't be surprised by it. You know why? Because they played during the season and it was a one possession game. So I mean, yeah, it's uh we're gonna have some very interesting games this coming Friday as teams try to play on that Thanksgiving week that everybody's looking forward to. Yeah, and again, I'm just Curtis is gonna turn it up a notch. Yeah, I think I, so. I just have that I've been saying that a while. Uh when they get in the playoffs, it's uh they're gonna turn it up. Shout out to the E. D. White Cardinals volleyball team. Uh, they finished as the state runners up in Division Three, falling to Hannon, who was the eventual champion. Let me tell you, the champions in every classification, Division One, we had Dominican win the championship, defeating Mount Carmel. There's going to be a theme you're going to sense here. Oh, I know it already. Uh, in Division Two, St. Thomas Moore defeating Turlings. Division Three, Hannon defeating E.D. White. Division Four, North Lake Christian defeating Notre Dame. Division 5, Country Day defeating Westminster Christian. All 10 schools that competed for state championships were all private schools. All 10 in a sport that we don't, don't split. split. You're going to tell me that that's not a competitive advantage where you got five championship games and all 10 teams that competed in the five championship games are select schools? And, and look, what are we doing? It goes back to the LHSAA where their fairness, they want to be fair, okay? They, they're basing it on the number of schools mm-hmm. that are in a, a classification or a, a division. Is the number of schools have to be equal? No, it doesn't. It should not because if you do that, that's when you get in schools with – 2,600, whatever, playing a school with 990 because the, the number of schools have to be equal. I, it does not, and it should not. Strictly on enrollment, and it goes, yeah, it's enrollment, but they go on number of schools again, which is, uh, it's not fair. And if you're going to split, split it all. Okay, so I already told you that all 10 teams that competed for state championships in volleyball were private schools. So we had five brackets, right? If you go to the semifinals and you go to the final four, 19 of the 20 state semifinalists were private schools. Wow. I mean, <laughs> how can we yeah. deny that that's not an advantage for them? 19 out of 20. The only public school team to make the semifinals in volleyball was Division One where Slidell made the, the, the state semifinals. That's it. And, and why is it not split? Because Eddie Bonine and his crack staff care well, only about football and the, the quote-unquote major sports. Yeah, and they go back because the number of schools have to be equal. <sighs> Let's catch so a break. So if you would split it, you, you wouldn't have that. The number of schools wouldn't be equal. That's unbelievable. Crazy. Let's Crazy. catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Andrew Kaiwet of HL Bourgeois. His Braves are poised for a bounce-back year. I saw them play their jamboree. They're really good. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand-new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big-town inventory and small-town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. 
At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galliano. It is opening day of the high school basketball season. Boys and girls teams around the state of Louisiana are officially able to play games that matter, games that count in PowerPoint ratings and games of significance. We go to the phone lines. We have HL Bourgeois Boys Basketball Coach, Coach Andrew Cayouette on the line. Coach, always a great day when it's opening day, brother. How are we doing? Absolutely. It's a great day. Uh, it, it's gloomy outside, but it's fun in the gym. Absolutely, my <laughs> friend. You guys are taking on Ellender today. I see that that says away. Uh, is wh- Where's Ellender playing? They're playing at Terrebonne. You guys got Ellender and Terrebonne tonight, that correct? Yes, yes, that's it. Okay, very good. Uh, look, uh, had an opportunity to see them in the Jamboree. You guys played well, got out, pushed the ball, did some really good things. How do you carry that momentum and make sure that the kids don't maybe think a little bit too much of what happened a couple nights ago? Well, the good thing is, is that, you know, everybody beat the tar out of us last year. So you hope you got a little payback on, on their minds and so forth, so on. And, and no disrespect to Ellender or anybody, but you know, it's, it's our turn to, to get some people back. And, uh, I think Ellender, you know, is where we were last year. Uh, they got some long athletic kids, but they're all pretty young. Uh, so I think, I think that's the difference right there. And now we're an experienced team. Uh, you know, we got experience back, but then we've added some things too. You know, we got a couple of freshmen that can really play. Um, I just, I think, I really believe, and if you saw us play the other night, I mean, I think we can comfortably go at least 10 or 12 deep. And, uh, I mean, and that puts some pressure on our kids because if you don't play hard and you don't play defense, then you got to come sit. And I think the thing that I like about our team the most is I've never had a team as this is that that the kids are all committed to the defensive end. And we might not be the best defensive uh, team in some regards, but we're going to give effort and we're going to play hard. And I think if you see us play this year, 
there's no doubt that Chris Coleman is our best player. But after that, it could be any one of five, six, seven kids that could be our second best player on a particular night. So I think that's going to make us very hard to guard, and, and we just play hard. And that's, that's, it's fun when kids play hard. Man, you guys put so much pressure on opposing defenses. There were a couple of times in the Jamboree where Ellender would score on you or would even miss, and you guys are getting the rebound and are throwing almost like a football pass down the field because you guys are already back at the other end. Uh, you guys want to push that tempo and want to try to get some quick and easy ones in transition, huh? Well, and I, I've talked to the kids the last few years, and, and, and it's any time there's an opportunity to pitch the ball ahead, and I tell them I'll live with a turnover if you're trying to pitch the ball ahead. I mean, don't do anything ridiculous, but uh, but you're right. I mean, we scored. Ellender would score, and we'd, we'd have Malik Miles or, or David Green, I can remember, come right from under the basket and make a baseball pass, and we score within two seconds uh, of them scoring. Um, you know, and our philosophy is we want to – and we picked this up at a clinic this summer. We want to try and score as many buckets under six seconds as we can. And uh, so, I mean, you obviously got to push the ball for that. We're big on – we're and Drew has always been on that. He's always big on kills, and kills are if you get three straight defensive stops. And uh, we had eight kills the other night in the game. And I told him uh, he's up in Natchitoches right now at the state cross country – and I called him last night and I said, look, Drew, as big as we are on kills, we need to be as big on not allowing the other team to get kills versus us. So in the Jamboree the other night, we had eight kills on Ellender, and Ellender had one kill against us. So I think that's pretty, pretty much of a significant swing right there. I love that stat. Whenever I was coaching, I would track the exact same thing. You could always tell a lot by who's getting more kills and who's keeping that momentum. Um, Pondon, one of the things that I was so impressed with is is you mentioned it a second ago, your defensive intensity, man. You guys last year tried to do some pressing and some full court stuff, but were never able to do it. The kids were, you know, seeing it a little late or were a half step slow. You guys don't look a half step slow this year. It looks like they're seeing it better, and I think you guys are gonna be able to force a bunch of turnovers, man. Yeah, and I think I I mean Casey, I think kids just gotta live through it. And and I think I think there's nothing that could be thrown in our kids or would be an utter surprise now. And uh, I think, I think you know how they always say the game has slowed down for a lot of our kids. And, uh, I mean, I think that's, that's a truth in that statement for sure. Yeah, no doubt, man. Look, before we let you go, what are some keys to victory today, man? You guys are taking on Ellender on the road, uh, fresh off of a, a strong jamboree. What are some things you guys are hoping to do well? Well, first you gotta you gotta like you said at the top is, is not allow the the game the other night to influence a lack of play. So I mean we have to play hard every single time we play. We have to push tempo both from an offensive and a defensive perspective. I thought we did a decent job checking out the boards the other night, uh, but I, I think we can do better. Uh, so I, that's that's always going to be at the top of my list is is checking the boards. And I think with this new foul situation with getting five fouls in a quarter, we have to learn how to play defense more with our hands, with, without our hands, excuse me, and more with our feet. And I think, you know, we, we put constant pressure and we believe in close defensive play, but we've got to do it without the hands and leave the hands there for when the offense makes a mistake. Coach, we got a big old listening audience in the home area. Give us a time for tonight's game. Is it JV varsity or like give us a rundown yeah. of when everything's taking place? 
Yeah, JV at 6 o'clock and varsity to follow, I would say 7.15, 7.30. Okay, sounds like a winner, bro. Hey, thanks so much for the time. Good luck okay. tonight, buddy. We're rooting for you. Thank you. All yep. right, bye-bye. That's Coach Andrew Kiway doing a good job. Um, I saw them in person over the summer several times. I saw them in person at their jamboree. Um, I don't know what their record was last year, like 13 and 20 or something like that. Uh, 11 and I don't know how exactly how many wins. It wasn't a good year. Um, <laughs> they're back. <laughs> they are back. And I wouldn't be surprised tonight. And Cornell, if you're listening, cover your ears. I wouldn't be surprised if they won decisively tonight against Ellender. Yeah, look, uh, they took their lumps. But if you go back to last year, we mentioned this several times before. H.L. Bourgeois got better and better as the season went on. Now, these guys are a year older. Of course, I know with Coach Cayouet, he's big into his weight program. They're going to be bigger, faster, stronger. But I think the biggest thing is they're going to be more basketball uh, aware or smarter on the court, understanding the game more from, from last year. He's returning every one of his starters they're going to understand more of what uh, Coach Cayouette and his staff want, uh, what they want to get accomplished, and that is huge. And, you know, if you're an athlete on the basketball court, it, it can, you know, take you so far. Uh, once you understand the game more, everything clicks. And with his five starters returning, uh, I would agree. I think it's going to be – a a pretty good year for the Braves. Uh, that is the only local boys basketball game tonight on opening night. We pull up the girls' schedule and see if it's the same. For girls, we have East St. John traveling to take on Episcopal. We have Terrebonne traveling to take on New Iberia. Um, let's see what else we got here. Um, I think that might be it in terms of local games. So, yeah, we got a couple of local games today. It's a little surprising, to be honest with you. Like, if I'm if I'm being frank, I'm a little surprised that on opening day, both Bourgeois and Ellender are playing. A lot of the times we see the boys' teams, yeah, we'll start the, you know, week three of the playoffs, that Thanksgiving week. This is an early game, and look, it worked out for both coaches. They're going to both be full strength. Neither football team made the playoffs. But for that first play date to have a matchup like this, that that's a little bit abnormal. I, I'm, I'm surprised to see that one go off that early in the season. Yeah, you look at it different ways. I mean, you can, uh, if you're a football school, you want to try and push uh, as far as back as you can the games. Uh, if not, you want to hope you're playing some teams that football still playing. Yep. And uh, you can maybe get a win, but uh, sometimes it doesn't work out that way. But uh, look, Bourgeois and Ellender, they play regardless of who they have. They're not worried about uh, their opponent, they're going to schedule tough. Both of these teams normally always schedule tough, so uh, it's really not a surprise that they're going to start off uh, playing each other and uh, look look for a big crowd, too. Also, uh, tonight the weather might hinder that a little bit. Yeah, no doubt. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we're going to another coach who's starting her season this week, uh, but it's going to be a little later than they expected. Coach Darian Jenkins will be joining us in the next segment. She was going to talk to us about her matchup with Central Catholic, but that has been postponed. They're not playing tomorrow against Central Catholic. So if you go on the LHSA website and look that up, no, uh, Central Catholic does not have enough players uh, to compete. So that game has been rescheduled for December. But the Tarpons will take the floor on Thursday at home against HL Bourgeois. And we'll ask Coach Darian about that in the next segment. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. While inventory is growing... 
Prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with the all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper, or if it's just you for your daily commute, the comfort and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevy Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, The Back Road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette, plus the River Parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply, 985-223-8807, Highway 311 in Homa. As a leader in the oil and gas industry, Joe's Septic Contractors caters to oil field clients offering vacuum truck service for offshore tanks, vessels, or treatment plants containing sewage or gray water. Their rental department offers state-of-the-art offshore portable toilets with cages and certified safety slings for easy maneuvering. Also holding tank rentals and portable hand-washing stations. Call Joe's Septic Contractors 24-7 in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, Reserve, Odessa, Texas, and Pascagoula, Mississippi. Visit joeseptic at viscom.net. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. It is play-by-play. We want to thank our sponsors for allowing us to be here today. The Blue Boot Foundation, Golden Motors, where price is priority, located on Highway 3235 and Cutoff. Dufresne Building Materials, experience the Dufresne difference with eight locations to serve you. That is Cutoff, Thibodeau, Belchase, Luling, Slidell, Araby, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. We go to the phone lines for the second time today, and we have South Lafouche girls basketball coach, Coach Darian Jenkins on the line. Coach, good afternoon. How are we doing today? I'm doing good. How are y'all? Doing fine. Uh, doing fine. It's opening day. Uh, we got some games around the area on the boys and the girls' side. Um, we were just saying before the commercial, unfortunately, your season's going to start a little later than you expected, but you get a little more practice time to, to prepare for later in the week. Uh, tell us about some of the things you're trying to get accomplished before starting your season. Um, yeah, we were supposed to play tomorrow night, but that's not going to happen, but it's all good. We'll be back in the gym, get some more practice in. Um, And like I said in previous interviews, I mean, our girls have been working. It's just great to see how they're coming together as a team and everybody's getting a little bit closer. Um, And we're just ready to get on that court for our first game. And unfortunately, it won't be tomorrow, but we're going to have a little bit more help and be ready for Thursday when we play HL. Coach, I watched in the Jamboree, and on one hand, it was kind of hard to get a read on your team because you had a lot of key pieces that were missing. But on the flip side to that, I saw some girls step up. Madison Bruce was shooting the ball well. Veda Prejean was attacking and making things happen, getting some and ones. And you got some size as well. Some big girls were controlling the glass. And like it felt like to me, and obviously you you all want Ellie and Nyla and you know the full gang there, but it felt like that was a great opportunity for other kids to step up and, and maybe build some confidence as well. 
I agree 100%. Um, a lot of times I do feel like our girls rely on like players like Ellie and the girls that have been here a while. And it was great to see other girls stepping up. I mean, Veda Prejean was big in that game. I think that might be one of the best games I've ever seen her play in. And just to see her confidence get better along with the other girls that were on the court. And it just lets them know that they can do it. We can't always rely on just one person because, I mean, stuff like this happens all the time. People get hurt. People are sick. So just to know that we're working more together as a team and not relying on just those one or two players, it's just great to see. And it really did prove to them that they can do it. You know what I mean? So it was great all the way around. And, I mean, we've definitely seen a lot of stuff we're still struggling on. But, like you said, it was good to see that come out of those girls. So, so what's the update? I know Lorraine, from what I was told, was you know nursing a, a minor injury. Uh, Lions, you're still waiting on clearance there, something with Homa Christian or whatever. Can you give us an update? Are you guys expecting to be 100% pretty soon? Um, I mean, Ellie has gone to the doctor recently, and they are allowing her to play a few minutes. So she can't play the whole game yet, but we're going to take what we can get. Um, on Thursday, she should be able to play a whole quarter, hopefully. <laughs> It works out that way, and uh, for Nyla, we're still just waiting on her eligibility ruling, so hopefully we hear something back from this week. Hey, what exactly is the injury to Lorraine, if you don't mind me asking? Um, she has something wrong with her knee. She always had knee issues, and this summer something kind of came back up with it, so she's been going to physical therapy and stuff like that. And, I mean, she does practice here and there. She's still not 100%, but any little thing we can take to get that knee a little bit better and make it stronger, we're working on. So hopefully she's back soon. Cool. I'm, uh, I'm so anxious to ask you this question because the old cliche is, hey, like, you, you don't want to work with family, right? Because you see them every day and you go home to them and you're, you got your husband on the bench. What's that like? I'm sure that, that creates a very interesting dynamic on the ride home, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, and, I mean, we coached together at middle school at LCO um, our four years we were there. And, I mean, we definitely butt heads, but I think having him with me is Honestly, better because we know that at the end of the day, no matter what, you're not scared to tell each other the truth. You know what I mean? Sure. No, that, so, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and we do read each other well. So, like, if somebody's struggling in the game and I have to take them out for a few seconds, instead of me having to go to the end of the bench and talk to the player, he, he pretty much knows. Like, right when the player gets out, he goes find them at the end of the bench and explains everything that's going wrong or what they made a mistake on and stuff like that. So it's good to have them. And like I said, we do butt heads a lot, but at the end of the day, I wouldn't rather have anybody else but him. For sure. Um, home game to open up your season against Bourgeois, from what I understand, and, and based also from what I've seen over this summer, they're going to be very athletic, maybe a little pressure defense. Uh, how do you guys try to uh, slow them down a little bit and play the game more to your style? Yeah, when we have been watching film, um, we were focusing more on Central Catholic, but I mean, now that our game's rescheduled, we've more focused on them. And like you said, they are fast, and they do put a lot of pressure, so... Um, we're not going to just rely on Ellie being back either. I still want those girls to come back strong and prove that they deserve to be on the court just like everybody else. And, I mean, like we said the other day, we've seen the other girls step up. I want them to bring that energy into this game and continue to believe in themselves and not always rely on that one person. So we've been doing a lot of ball handling skills and stuff like that in practice, so hopefully we have it all on the court for Thursday. What do you make of the new bonus rule? Um, coaches have had different opinions on it, and, and we've heard some of those opinions here on the show. For those not familiar, uh, back in the day, the fouls started and stopped half to half, where you know you could get a team in the bonus early, then you'd shoot free throws the rest of the half. Now they reset at the end of every quarter. Five fouls in a quarter gets you a bonus, and there's no more one-on-one. -on -one. You're shooting two shots on everything. Do you, do you have an opinion one way or another? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Or are you just kind of taking a wait-and-see approach? 
Yeah, I mean, I kind of have mixed emotions about it. And like you said, we haven't really played with it that much yet, being that we only had the Jamboree. I mean, I feel like it could really help a team, and it could also really hurt a team. So we definitely have been practicing with our uh, foul shots recently. I mean, we're shooting twice as much as we usually do, so that if we do get in that early foul trouble that they have us in, that we can have that double bonus early, that would be great. But at the same time, you got to stay out of foul trouble on your side of defense too. But, I mean, like I said, I never had a close game at the end yet to see what it's really like, if I do enjoy it or not, with that not having that single bonus. So I guess we'll just see how the season plays out to see if I can really enjoy it or dislike it, you know. Coach, tell us how it is to start the season off practicing in your own gym. It's unreal. Like, it's crazy. (laughs) This is going to be my third year coaching, and this is the first time that we can actually start the season in our own gym and have a whole season of home games in our own gym. Uh, I got to coach in our home gym last year a few games, but I think it's going to be way different this year. Um, The girls are more excited. I feel like there's more energy, just that we don't have to travel everywhere, and we can just come to our own home every single day. And, I mean, being able to do uh, pregame meals and stuff like that, it's just going to be a whole different experience for everyone, and we're super excited. Coach, you have some ninth graders that are playing a little bit on the varsity level, and one of the things that I'm going to say about them, look, they're maybe not the most skilled, but, boy, they don't seem to be intimidated or scared. That They go 110% and they compete, and you got some young blood in the program that's making a little bit of a difference. For sure, and these girls are so coachable, and I think that's what I'm most excited about and what we enjoy the most. No matter what, like these girls, no matter what you tell them to do, they're at least going to try, which is amazing to see. And, I mean, if there's a loose ball on the floor, you bet your butt that my freshmen are going after it. So it's just exciting to see the competitiveness. And like you said, they're not intimidated, which is awesome because, I mean, they're going up against girls that could be three or four years older than them. But at the same time, they can might be the smallest person on the court, but they'll give you 110%. And it's just great to see and just to see how well they're already working with the older girls. It's just everything's falling into place. Sounds like a winner, Coach. Thanks so much for the time. Good luck this week, and I uh, hope you guys have a wonderful year. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yep. That's Coach Jenkins with South Foos Girls doing a wonderful job. Um, they got a victory over Berwick in their jamboree. No Lorraine, no Lions. Those are two players that you're hoping to get uh, into your rotation. But I think she said a lot is that, hey, you know, that allowed opportunities for Madden, Madison Bruce to step up, Veda Prejean to step up, and, you know, some of the other girls on the team that are playing to step up. And I think that could potentially be big because last year, at times I thought they were just kind of watching Ellie go one on five. If everybody else is pulling in the same direction, it could make for a much better season for the Lady Tarpons. Yep, develop that depth that you're going to have, and it's going to help you out in the long run, no doubt about it. And look, these girls, when you got two starters out, you're getting your chance, you got to take advantage of it and go out there. And It's nice to hear her say where they – she has some young girls diving for loose balls and getting uh, on the floor to get these loose balls because uh, you never know. And, uh, that might be the one time you get on the floor and get uh, possession of the ball. could be the difference of winning and losing. Got a big one Thursday against Bourgeois. Bourgeois is good. Um, they're going to be improved. They're going to be very athletic. They're going to be very fast. They're going to look to be taking it away at half court and going and shove it down your throat the other and make a layup. Um, if the Tarpons, though, on the flip side to that, if they could handle that pressure, they're going to foul you and you're going to be going shoot two free throws instead of one. Dar- uh, Darian said, hey, I'm going to wait and see how I feel about this bonus stuff. I think that if her team handles the pressure on Thursday, she's going to like the rule change because I think her team might shoot a bunch of free throws. Yeah, look, and 
it, it just gets you thinking, will coaches change? I'm not going to say their philosophy, but their game plans going into different games depending on who they play. If, like, we were playing, okay, we run a, a patient offense, and so we're going to have maybe uh, less the attempts at the basket possibly, sure. but we're not going to play defense as much. They play in defense for a longer period of time. Uh, could that help or hurt a team that's trying to slow it down where you keep possession, they keep following you, you get the ball, and you're shooting two? Or if they just sit back and play and you run some clock, they're not fouling. So uh, we'll see. Uh, and it slows the game down, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But It'll be very interesting. It'll be very, very interesting. I'm curious to see how they – look, it's not uncommon, right? It's not unheard of. This is the way that the NBA is done. This is the way the women's college basketball game is done. So other levels are doing it. Just curious to see at the high school level how it's enforced. Um, and I think here's one thing that might happen, right? And boy, it's going to sound like I'm talking bad about officials, and that's not at all what I'm trying to do. I think in the past, we would see teams get in a bunch of foul trouble early, six, seven fouls. And then in the second quarter, officials would maybe call it a little looser because they didn't want the whole second quarter to be free throws. They wanted the game to have a little more flow. So maybe it got caught a little bit looser and we'd see teams get in the penalty and then they wouldn't get penalized that much, but then the game wouldn't be called quite as tight once they got in the bonus. Now with it resetting every quarter, hopefully we could get more consistent officiating throughout the course of the game as well. Yeah, and I, I think just before I've actually seen it on the high school level, if I would be coaching, I think I would be in favor of it right now. Yeah. Because I, I think my team would be shooting more free throws in the game. And that would be an advantage for us. It is a one-game week for the Lady Tarpons. And then, like, their schedule's a little a little awkward. They play Bourgeois on Thursday, but then don't play again until November 28th against Bonneville. Um, so the Lady Tarpons are going to have a game, then 11 days to practice and try to get better. Those are going to be some big 11 days. There. No tournaments in, in no, there? No, I looked. Yeah, no, their first tournament is November the 30th against Denham Springs, or at Denham Springs. So, yeah, they're going to have a legit week and a half off to kind of work on some things after that opener. Yeah, and it gets tough. You Once you start playing, you want to be consistent. You want to keep playing. But sometimes uh, it, the schedule just doesn't work out that way, and it's tough to do. So, um yeah, you can take advantage of it uh, for sure. For sure. So we'll be keeping our eyes on them throughout the course of the season. Let's catch a break when we get back. It is still football season, y'all. We are uh, neck deep in the playoffs. We're going to have Coach Grogan at Central Catholic of Morgan City joining us. It's play-by-play. -play. We'll be right back after this. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. 
Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top of the line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galliano. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne building materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Dufresne difference. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! Welcome back to Play by Play. Hope everybody's enjoying their Monday as much as we are. Uh, after this segment, we'll get into some football talk and we'll talk LSU and the Saints and oh, we got all sorts of stuff to talk about there. But we wrap up our high school portion of the show by going to Coach Grogan with Central Catholic of Morgan City. His team got a, an opening round victory in the Division Four Select Playoffs, and now they move on to take on St. Frederick. Coach, good afternoon, man. How are we doing? Oh, we're doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Yeah, look, man, your, your team opened up the postseason with a 28-6 win over Hamilton Christian at home. Did what you had to do. Tell us about the way the boys played, man. Oh, the guys came out and did what they had to do. Um, you know, they kind of been searching and hungry for their first playoff win since I took over two years ago, so... We finally got over that hurdle. Now it's time to move on and get past the second round, you know. We're just trying to stack, stack every day this week, get better every day this week at what we do, um, and get ready to play some ball Friday. Tell us about the opponent, St. Frederick. Obviously, they had an opening round bye. Look at the schedule they have. Uh, let's see, count them off. Uh, six wins, six and three. Um, what are some things you're seeing on film with your opponent, man? Oh, you know, when you're dealing with these Monroe teams, you know, they can always have nice size linemen, you know, something we kinda we kinda don't have a very lot of in the south, you know, but um they have a they have a bunch of them up there in the north, Louisiana, part of Bend Monroe. So we gotta be ready to um to stop the run game, just like any other week, you know. We gotta be able to stop the run. They're um they're a run first team. They have some really nice skill athletes, you know, for their offense, have a really nice quarterback, um, a really nice running back duo. Um, you know, I really like our chances if our guys come out to play, you know, offense clicking, you know, anything can happen. Tell us about the opening round game. You get a win over Hamilton Christian, 28-6. to um, You defend your home field. What were some things that you liked about that matchup, uh, and what are some things that you, that you guys did well? Uh, I love the way my defense played. Defense played lights out all night. Um, offensively, we did some really good things well. 
got a little wet for us in the beginning of the game, dealing with some rain issues. You know, um, we wasn't taking care of the ball exactly how we should in the first half of the game. But we weathered all that, made some adjustments. And the kids, like I said, the kids came out to play. You know, our guys love to play defense. They love to fly around and hit. So um, that's what we're going to look, look forward to do Friday. Coach, last year you guys had that one big explosive power running back who had touched the ball 25, 30 times. You told us in the offseason when we had you on, you said, hey, look, our offense is still going to be solid, but it's going to be a bunch – it's going to be more diverse. More kids are going to be touching the football. How's that been this season, not being as dependent on one player? Oh, well, it's kind of actually been great. You know, you're able to call many other different things for the other athletes you have. You know, um, we was blessed to have a kid like Demagic Blackburn um, in our backfield for four years, you know, and I'm hoping he does, does great things at ULF yet under Coach Desimo. But we had to move on from Demodric Blackburn offensively, and um, we had some young guys step it up. We had a few seniors. My senior receiving, Tylen Holland, who's also a big-time defensive back for me, you know, um, also plays for Cap Mueller's flag football, I mean, 7-on-7 team out there in the Tibetan area under Coach Ernest Harvey. You know, he does, dude does a great job with those guys and keeping them prepared. And um, Tylen came out and had a tremendous season for us on offense. Um, also had a younger guy. A younger receiver, sophomore, number three, Landon Ramagos, he had also had a big year for us, and he's going to be coming back also with my quarterback, Benjamin Case. Um, I can't say enough about the kid. He grind hard all summer, and um, he really showed off this year. You know, he put up some big numbers passing-wise, you know, and we're ready to see what he do Friday. Coach, you guys are battle-tested. I'm looking at your bracket. You have faced the number one team, Vermilion Catholic. You faced the number five team, Riverside Academy. You face CCA, who got an opening round win uh, over Delta Charter. So I know there's going to be a big challenge going out to the Monroe area and playing on St. Fred's, but you guys have faced really quality competition. I'm sure that's going to help you guys on Friday. Uh, yeah, we faced some quality competition this year, and that's one thing about me when I'm making a schedule. I'm not trying to make a schedule just to, <laughs> to cater to my record. You know, I'm just trying to make a schedule to make sure my guys are prepared for that district run and that playoff run at the end of the season. Very good. Look, before we let you go, what are some keys to victory? What are some things you're hoping to see on Friday to let you know that you guys are going to be ready to go on the road and try to get that upset? <laughs> Offensive, we got to protect the ball. Offensive, we got to protect the ball. And um, we got to take our shots when we have them. And we just can't leave points on the field when you're playing against a really, really good team. You can't turn the ball over, most importantly. You know, you got to be able to stop that run. And if we can do those things, I love our chances Friday night. Sounds like a winner, bro. Thanks so much for the time. And uh, good luck Friday, man. We're pulling for you. All right, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yep. There's Coach C.L. Grogan with Central Catholic of Morgan City. They're taking on St. Fred's out at Chip Luffy Field, wherever that is, out in Monroe, taking on a St. Fred team that has about the same record as them. That's going to be a good ball game. Now, he mentioned it. you got to handle the size. They're going to have a big size advantage. If you could block them, um, you're going to be in good position. I'm I'm curious to see how that one goes on Friday night. Yeah, and he he said a a mouthful there. There's something just different with North Louisiana football. uh, it's going to be a task to go up there and get the victory, but uh, it can be done. Yep, no doubt. It, it certainly can be done. And, and hell, um, Brian Kelly on Saturday um, was asked about North Louisiana by a reporter, a recruiting reporter, and, and he kind of said the same thing. He said, there's so much talent in North Louisiana. You know, we want to uh, be heavily invested in that. Um, we got about another six or seven minutes here in this segment. So we'll, let's talk about this, man. Um couple of things that I would like to say. First, and, and we're going to do the W's and the L's in just a second, but I'm going to give you a W before you know we dive into that segment. The scene at Stouffer Gymnasium 
on Friday. But for those not familiar, Friday, yeah, I did the South Lafouche game with Brian. We went to Dutchtown and we did the game. Before that, I did an ESPN Plus game for Nickel State University's women's basketball team. They took on Suno and they got a 94 to 52 win. They're now 3 and 0. But they did a promotion that day which was Children's Day. Schools took field trips to the gym, packed a bunch of kids into the gym. They were making noise, they were having fun. Hooting and hollering, shouting, making a great scene. Last count, I had heard 1,850 kids in the gym making memories. Coach Justin Payne gets on the mic, and they're dancing together, and they're having a good time, and the energy and the vibe and the spirit is so good out there. you got a Nichols women's basketball team that's now 3-0. Tomorrow, they're going to be playing again during the show tomorrow. They're playing SMU on the road, chance to get to 4-0. The men over the weekend defeat LSU um, on the road in the PMAC. Jalen White, shout out Jalen White. He's the uh, Bayou Sports three-point champion from our event over this summer. He goes, makes a three, and beats LSU. So the men are playing well. The women are playing well. The football team wins the conference championship this weekend, defeating Lamar and clinches an automatic playoff berth in the process. Um, boy, Cooking with grease, sizzling hot, whatever adjective, whatever cliche you want to use, the Colonel's got it right now, and um, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. This is 40 minutes away, y'all. It's amazing to think that they're competing so favorably and at such a high level. Uh, limited resources, limited budget, blah, 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 blah. They got the right people in place. They're not making excuses, and they're just going out and competing and winning some championships. It's unbelievable to see. Kudos to everybody involved. Yeah, look, you hear a lot of talk, and uh... – giving some shout-outs and praise to uh, athletic director Jonathan, Jonathan Terrell, Terrell uh, the head football coach Rebold and basketball uh, with uh, the two coaches. But don't forget, these young men and women yep. out on the court and out on the field are playing. They are balling out. And the administrative part did a great job of setting everything up the coaches are doing a great job of putting these people in the proper places to have success but when it comes down to it they are producing on the field and on the court and that just can't be overlooked because uh they may have been overlooked other places and nick was grabbed them up and they're just doing a tremendous job What's crazy to me, bro, is a lot of, and I, I'm, I'm going to speak exclusively about women's basketball here because I haven't had a chance to watch, physically watch a whole lot of the men, though I do know that the men are getting a lot of big contributions from first-year players. But on the women's side, and, and, and Justin Payne told me this the other day, uh, and I didn't realize it, but uh, Delgado, the true freshman from uh, Puerto Rico, Curtis, the true freshman from Calhoun, Georgia, and, um, you know, the young lady, uh, Dalen Craig, who was previously at Georgia Southwestern, these were all kids that were part of his recruiting class at Georgia Southwestern. He said, hey, look, we had it built up over there. We were recruiting Division One caliber kids there. And it just made me think, like, my good, my God, how good would they have been at Division II yeah. with all of these young ladies? Because these are kids that are stepping up and are playing huge at Division One. The Curtis kid, point guard, she is a dominant player. Like in three games this season, she scored 11, 18, and 11 as a true freshman, shooting 55% from the field. 
Uh, Delgado, the true freshman from Puerto Rico, making plays all over the court. Like, it's crazy the 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 immediacy of this turnaround. I thought this year would be more competitive, but I didn't know how much it would equate to wins and losses. But we're seeing a group that uh they've got it going on, and we wish them and the men and the football team and heck when we get into the the spring baseball and softball like. It's fun to be a colonel right now, man, and kudos to everybody involved. They, uh, they're, they're making it happen. They're, they're, no doubt about it, they're making it happen. Football on Thursday, correct? Playing Thursday. Thursday night. Playing against Southeastern in a game that is just going to be an uh, opportunity for pride, man. Like you're not, You don't have to win the conference. You've already done that. Just go play your rival and just go have some fun. Um, we got some SEC news today before our break. Mississippi State has fired their football coach, um, Zach Arnett, after just one season with the team, Ornette was hired uh, from within after the tragic death of Mike Leach. Um, they just kind of handed it to him and said, hey, take the baton. So he always, like he came in a little bit on thin ice. And then this, this season with Mississippi State being 4-6 and six and 1-6 and six overall in the SEC, uh, the Bulldogs have pulled the plug. One interesting thing that I'm seeing here is I'm reading on ESPN.com some potential candidates to replace Arnett. First name on the list, Tulane's Willie Fritz, Liberty's Jamie Chadwell, UNLV's Barry Odom, Kansas's Lance Leopold, Troy's John Sumrall, Oklahoma Offensive Coordinator Jeff Levy, and Michigan Offensive Coordinator Sharon Moore. Willie Fritz, Mississippi State, possibility. Um, it's the first name on the doggone list. So that tells me two things. That tells me, A, he's certainly interested in Mississippi State, B, he might be shopping himself again at the end of this season, and it might be his final year at Tulane. Could be, but look, hopefully they let him pick the AD. <laughs> <laughs> the new AD coming at Tulane so they can keep him. But but if he leaves, Tulane's going to be in a good situation, I think, to bring in another good coach. One would hope. Yeah, one would hope. Uh, we also had the big SEC news of Jimbo Fisher being relieved of his duties over the weekend. Kind of weird that they do it after winning 51-10. to 10. Uh, But Jimbo is on the outs. Um, they're going to be looking for a new coach at the end of the season. Um, you hear some different names. You hear the, the Oregon coach. Uh, you hear the Florida State coach. You hear Coach Prime. You hear, like, you hear different names there. Um, Jimbo didn't get it done. Um, he was expected to come in here and make Texas A&M the powerhouse of the SEC. It never happened. It never worked out. Ironically enough, they were stupid enough to give him an extension in 2021 when they thought that LSU was interested, when LSU hired Brian Kelly, um, which made his buyout even bigger than what it would have been, $76.8 million buyout. Um, they're paying him $76 million to not be there. If you're doing that, you better bring in somebody good with your next hire. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it, it's uh, we'll see. Yeah, uh, I, and look, when you talking prime coach prime. Oh, I, that's who I hope it is because as A and M being a rival to LSU, I want A and M to to struggle. That would be the easiest way to to achieve that. I, I just I. I don't see him going anywhere. Yeah. Well, he's, I mean, that, they're four and six. Why would – I mean – Yeah, and and and, and some of the nonsense he's, he, 
I mean, I, I still can't get out my mind. Saturday, when we talked about on Sports Corner. Win-loss records for fights. Win-loss record for fights in practice. It's beautiful, isn't it? I, how can it not get someone fired? <laughs> I mean. Uh, yeah, he's a beauty. Uh, and, and to be fair, A&M has kind of thrown back some of those suggestions that he may be on the on the list. They're looking at some other guys. I think the Oregon coach is going to be number one on the list. I think uh, Naval at Florida State is going to be number two on the list, which leads to an interesting question. Right now, with the playoff at four teams, we usually don't see coaches leave their team if they're in the playoffs, right? Because you're going and trying to compete for a national championship. Next year, whenever the playoff is 12, we're going to see the number 11 coach leave his job if it's at a smaller school, miss the playoffs, and go to, like, that's going to start happening. We're going to see a guy who's coaching Tulane, who goes to the playoffs as the number 11 seed, bypass coaching for a national championship to go and get the job at Florida or whatever. Like, that's going to that's gonna be weird, but that is going to be something that's really going to start happening. Yeah, and... But, look, I welcome the 12 teams. I think next year is going to be tremendous watching 12 teams battle it out in college football. But uh, real quick, with back with A&M, you think there, there's talk out there. They already have their guy. Because why make the move now? Yeah. See, their AD talked about that. He said, why, why make the move now? As they want to let all of the coaches that are kind of sniffing around – no, hey, A and M's available. They didn't want a really good coach to take another job, like the Mississippi State job or whatever, not getting the opportunity to interview at A and M. So yeah, I think they might have their guy already and say, look, we, because it's strange after a big win, and, and you you do it now. They said they made the decision on Thursday, which is kind of weird, also. So they wait till after the game. <laughs> but you know, it's ridiculous. Is the you saw the amount of money they have to pay? Seventy-seven or seventy-six point eight million dollars. And I said, "Oh, it's not all at one time." Oh, but <laughs> oh no, oh no! Jimbo gets seven payments of ten million. How's he ever going to survive? I mean, <laughs> it's unbelievable the money in these sports, man. But yeah, Jimbo, no more. They're going to try to close out their season strong. They're playing LSU in two weeks in Death Valley. Let's catch a yeah, break. Eleven a.m. Eleven a.m. Let's catch a break when we get back. Um, we're going to talk about LSU and also the Saints at the bottom of the show. we got our W's and L's. It's play-by-play. Play. We'll be right back after this. Raceland Auto Center wants to express that during the holiday season, their thoughts turn gratefully to those who have made their success possible. It is in that spirit that they want to say thank you and send best wishes for the holidays and New Year. Happy holidays from Raceland Auto Center. Today's Medical Minute is provided to you by Thibodeau Regional Health System. Hello, I'm Billy Nakian, the director of the Spine Center of Excellence at Thibodeau Regional. Have you had a recent neck or back injury? Or have you been suffering with recurrent neck and back pain? Have you been searching for relief? Thibodeau Regional has developed a unique approach to treating neck and back disorders. The Spine Center of Excellence provides a comprehensive, patient-centered approach to ensure that you receive the right care at the right time from the right provider. The Spine Center is different because it offers centralized access to multiple specialties and services. Patients and their referring physicians are led by a nurse navigator through a process of assessment and treatment, individually tailored to the patient's unique condition. 
In addition to total care coordination, the Spine Center's comprehensive services include everything from high-tech diagnostic imaging to physical therapy, surgery, alternative medicines, and chronic pain services. If you're experiencing back or neck pain, call today, 985-493-4501. The Spine Center of Excellence of Thibodeau Regional will put you on the path back to your normal routine. This Medical Minute was sponsored by Thibodeau Regional Health System, nationally recognized for providing the highest level of quality care and patient satisfaction. No Wake Outfitters is the best fly shop and paddle sports dealer in Metairie, but we offer so much more. We can prepare you for hunting season with Lamco game feeders and functional, comfortable camo wear from Duck Camp. And we outfit kayaks to get you in those shallow duck ponds and keep you camouflaged. Let our knowledgeable staff help you have your best season. Also offering Duck Camp and Orvis Outdoor Apparel for men and women. Check out the exclusive brands like Rugged Road, Turtle Box, New Canoe, Old Town, and more. No Wake Outfitters. 1926 Airline Drive. Thanksgiving just got even better at Rouse's Markets. Now through Thanksgiving, get a free Butterball Grade A frozen turkey at Rouse's Markets. When you buy a Hormel Cure 81 Spiral Ham, that's right, get up to 16 pounds free on a Butterball Grade A frozen turkey with the purchase of a Hormel Cure 81 Spiral Ham at Rouse's Markets. Now through November 24th. See stores for details and more great Thanksgiving deals at Rouse's Markets. Official supermarket of the New Orleans Saints. Yesterday in the world of professional football, the New Orleans Saints showed what Brian and I really have been saying for a while. Don't buy into these wins that they're getting. They're still not very good. They lose to the Vikings 27-19. In Minnesota, the Vikings are 6-4. and four. The Saints drop to 5-5. Five and five. You're still in first place in your division, but, I mean, you're not beating anybody worth a lick. Uh, four of your five wins are against teams that are in last place, but I'm not going to get into that just yet. There's a couple things that I want to mention. The first is... Um, the car situation, car gets injured, concussion and shoulder. Winston comes into the game, makes a couple of lucky throws. I mean, one of the touchdowns should have been an interception. Got a couple of interceptions get dropped. Um, but he does, does lead them back a little bit, gets it to a one possession game as the first story that we're going to talk about. The second story that we're going to talk about is Michael Thomas. After getting arrested on Thursday for throwing a brick through somebody's windshield, put together a vintage Michael Thomas performance. Didn't look like his head was in the game. Immediately left injured with a knee injury. Didn't contribute. Don't know why he's still there, but that's neither here nor there. And then the third story that I want to follow with New Orleans is the fact that this is a team that was so dominant defensively early in the year, and I don't think they're a dominant defense anymore. You give up 24 points in the first half. You play better in the second half, but I think a lot of that was Minnesota, who frankly was playing not to lose. They closed up their offense. They were running the ball a lot more. They were not doing the stuff that worked in the first half. Um, You're heading to your bye. you got to check on the health of Derek Carr. Uh, you got to check on the health of Lattimore, who went down injured. You got to check on the health of some others who went down injured during the course of the game, including Michael Thomas. Um, the bus is still on the road, and we're not quite riding on the rims yet. There's still a little bit of air in the tires, but this thing is still a, a wet, hot, steaming mess, man. Like, this is not a good football team. This is a football team that might make the playoffs because everybody else in their division sucks. 
Uh, but this is not a good football team. I mean, it, it is what it is. They're stuck in the middle. Yeah, the bus is stuck in the mud. They, they're not moving. They're just spinning. And uh, I guess they're trying to press the accelerator and it's just going straight down deeper and deeper and in a hole where they can't get out of. Uh, it's it's um, They have a, a bye week, all right, where they can heal up with some of these injuries that they had. Hopefully it's not longer. They can maybe heal up a little. They can maybe make some some moves where uh, Pete Carmichael should not be calling the plays. <laughs> Derek Carr needs to look himself in the mirror and just say, I'm a bad quarterback in the NFL, and that's it. I am not an offensive coordinator, so stop freaking changing the play calls. Stop trying to tell other people what they should be doing. You're not a coordinator. You're a bad NFL quarterback. Live with it. Because the guy behind you is worse than you. <laughs> Thrown throw into triple coverage when you're trying to make a comeback. Three guys, he threw the ball. And uh, so, yeah, you're going to play. But just do your job and stop telling other people how to do theirs, especially – the coaching staff. Yeah, it might be bad plays, but it's for a bad quarterback. So there's a lot of bad going around. And I don't see it getting any better until changes are made that need to be made yeah. that will not be made. Why don't they even attempt to run the football? Alvin Kamara had nine carries for 42 yards. Like, that ain't that bad. Um but yet we saw 43 passes compared to 15 runs yesterday. We only saw Taysom Hill run the football one time yesterday. Um, why aren't they doing things to try to make it easier on these quarterbacks? Look, Carr is only interested in one thing. Carr is interested in checking down and not getting hit or on third and long holding the ball too long and getting hit. Winston is only interested in trying to throw the ball 70 yards down the field. Like, Neither one is all that sustainable. Why aren't you trying to make it easier and run the football? The Saints don't even try to run the football. No, and okay, you picked up a running back from Detroit. That he did he lead the league in touchdowns. He led the league in touchdowns. Where is he? Four carries yesterday. You know, I, I yeah, your offensive line still Alvin Kamara. Bye. Get rid of him. Get. Because a lot of times when he needs to turn up the field, he doesn't. He goes out of bounds. Out of bounds. Then at the end of the game, when he should be running out of bounds to stop the clock, he's going to turn up the field. It's just I would I would part ways with him. I just uh, that's another one trying to be a coordinator instead of just doing your position. And uh, I don't know. I, I thought the guy from Detroit was going to come in. I thought it was a great pickup for the Saints. Because you lose like a Mark Ingram that would produce at times, and you get this guy, I think would have been hopefully an upgrade where he could come out in the backfield and catch passes for you. Uh, How many yards he got for the season? 50. 131 in 10 games. Now, granted, to be fair, he missed a bunch of time, but he did play in one, two, three, four, five, six games. And outside of the opener, when he got 18 carries, and remember Kamara wasn't there then. 
outside of the opener, the most that he's got is nine carries, which is another game Kamara hasn't pl- uh, wasn't playing in. Since then, five, six, three, and four. That's the number of carries he's getting per game for yeah. a guy that you signed and spent valuable money on in the offseason. But, hey, over the, the offseason, Mickey Loomis, trust me. He come out, y'all just got to trust me. No, we we called that one from the very beginning. Trust him, you you got you in trouble. No. Do you see now why, though, that I always – and I, competitively, look, competitively I agree with what your stance is on tanking. If I were playing or if I were coaching, I would want to win. But could you see why, if I'm looking at this from the outside looking in, why it would be better to be 2-8 and eight than 5-5? Five and five? You could get Caleb Williams or somebody who could fix it. Right now, you're stuck in the middle. You're going to get a middle draft pick. It's not going to be a game-changing, franchise-changing quarterback. You're buried in the middle. I would rather be at the bottom than where they are. I would rather be Carolina right now, who's 1-8. and eight. Chicago, who's 3-7. and seven. I think the two best situations in the professional sports are to be the best or to be the worst. Because if you're the worst... You've got a chance to get better quickly, like Houston is doing right now. They sucked last year, got their quarterback in the draft. They're now five and four. The Saints won't get that opportunity because they're going to go eight and nine like they always do. But that has passed, I believe. That philosophy has tanking has passed because of the portal now, because you can tank and the Caleb Williams of the world may say, no, I'm not going to New Orleans. Yeah, fair enough. I'm staying in college. So, But I see what you're saying, but I think those times could have passed us. If the season ended today, do you think Mrs. Benson would bring Dennis Allen back? Because there's two different schools of thought. The first school of thought is that Mrs. Benson's going to bring Dennis Allen back um, and tell him you've got to get an outside offensive coordinator and you've got to fix your offense. There's another school that says, you know what, Mrs. Benson's going to be frustrated with the whole thing. She's going to fire Mickey. She's going to fire Allen. The whole staff's gone. They're starting fresh. If the season ended today, which one would it be? He's gone. Even he's, even if he wins the division and makes the playoffs? I think he's gone but because all the outside noise is starting to be a lot louder now. You getting two people arrested? Yeah. For stupid. I mean, what, throwing a brick through somebody's windshield. What are you doing? You know, and now we still got season left, so we'll see. And it's an off week. Oh my! Out goodness. of the bye, yeah. Let, let's see how many more get arrested. You got a big one against Atlanta out of the bye. Then you're playing the Lions. It's a big two game stretch. Um, yeah, you still got a chance to make the postseason. But I know we say this often here. I watch Dallas play. I watch the Eagles play. I watch the Lions play. I watch the Forty ers play. Those teams would kill this New Orleans team in a playoff situation. I mean, it, it it is what it is. Let's catch a break when we get back. We got our W's and our L's. We'll talk some LSU in our W's and our L's because we got some different things to hand out re- re- related to that game. It's play by play. We'll be right back after this. Great news, home of businesses. We're here. We are Rev, a telecommunications provider with powerful solutions and unmatched local support. We've been bringing Louisiana people, businesses, and culture together for 85 years. Our fiber network delivers superior internet, phone, and security. It's big business technology with small business personal service. For a limited time, get up to $300 off business services. Visit us at letsrev.biz to get up to $300 off. Education. Prevention. 
care. The Terrebonne General Community Sports Institute was recognized by the Louisiana Athletic Trainers Association with the President's Award for Excellence in Health and Safety. With a passion for ensuring the well-being of over 23,000 student athletes and covering 1,400 sports events annually, our athletic trainers are dedicated to providing the best care in sports medicine. Discover more about Terrebonne General Community Sports Institute at tghealthsystem.com. Fago Funeral Homes wants to say that the end of the year brings no greater joy than the opportunity to express season's greetings to you and yours. May your holiday be filled with joy and happiness. Fago Funeral Home, caring you can count on. Get some of the best deals of the year at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. It's their Black Friday sales event. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks, vans, cars, and SUVs. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business or home life. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get a great deal on your dream car, SUV, or truck today at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. It's time for everybody's favorite Monday segment. Oh, we've got some W's and some L's to hand out from the world of college and pro and whatever we delve into. The first W goes to LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels, who was unbelievable on Saturday, uh, just seven days removed from a concussion. 17 of 26 passing, 372 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 12 carries, 234 yards, Two touchdowns. Brian Kelly said after the game he should win the Heisman Trophy. Hard to disagree. Uh, He had 600 yards of total offense. No one in college football history has ever had 350 yards passing and 200 yards rushing in the same game. No one has ever done that. He has the most yards from scrimmage of any player in the country. The next closest player to them is 567 yards short of him. He's doing it in the SEC. With an LSU team that in conference games has scored 41, 34, 49, 49, 48, 28, and 52. Uh, Setting the world on fire. He's number one in quarterback rating. He's number one in just about every quarterback stat. 30 touchdowns, four interceptions, throwing, running the football. He's up to 900 yards rushing. Don't know if he's going to win the Heisman Trophy because of his defense costing them some games. But, man, that kid is unbelievable. Electricity every time LSU takes the field. He's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, it was amazing what he did, and just man, when they can have a spy on him, it, he gets around him. He's faster than the spy. It's uh, it's amazing, and I just think the way he can put the ball on a dime to his receivers is something special. Weekend L goes to the NCAA's targeting rules. I don't understand them. I don't get it. Um, look, I'm in the minority here, right? I don't think that the hit that Jaden Daniels took at Alabama was a dirty play. I don't think it was a malicious play. I think the dude's just blitzing, hitting the quarterback, doing what you're trying to do. But by rule, forcible contact to the head and neck area should be targeting. There's nothing about the rule that forcible contact to the shoulder when the running back runs into you should be targeting. There's no way on earth that Andre Sam should have been thrown out of the game, but the young man for Alabama should not have been. If they're both targeting, then okay, I get it. But one was decisively worse than the other. 
Brian Kelly said on Saturday, look, I don't understand the rules. And he said it is a dangerous place in college football right now when you can't even make a tackle without getting ejected. If we want to throw 15 yarders on this stuff, hey, whatever. I think that it's sad that we're treating the players like wusses like this. But if we want to throw 15 yarders, it's one thing. When we start throwing dudes out, um, we should remove that, right? That, that should be like flagrant fouls in the NBA. In the NBA, you could get a flagrant one or a flagrant two. If you elbow somebody, but it's not malicious, it's just kind of an accident, you get a flagrant one. If you punch somebody in the face, you get a flagrant two. I think we should do the same for targeting. If we want to call targeting, we know when somebody's trying to hurt somebody else. Let's let's have a targeting one and a targeting two and only make the worst of the worst an ejectable play. And the thing is, there's too much uh, instant replay from the booth. Not the coaches challenging the booth, uh, wherever they're watching the game from, they call it it's too much. I mean, let the officials call the game. If the coaches, you know, you don't like it, then challenge. But it, it's, it's, I think twice during the game they had challenges from, from not even the coaches. It, it, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. I, I don't know what we're doing. Don't know. W goes to my boy Dak Prescott. He's my boy this week because he played well. 26 of 35, 404 through the air. Four touchdowns, one interception. Dak all of a sudden can run again. He hadn't run very much since he had gotten injured a couple years ago. He ran for a touchdown. The Cowboys got a 49-17 to win over the Giants and played pretty well doing it. And a weekend L goes to Mac Jones. I don't know why Mac Jones is still the starting quarterback in New England. He was 15 of 20 for 170 yards. He threw the worst interception you will ever see late in the game as they lose 10-6. to um, They put in Bailey Zappi for the final drive of the game. Uh, down just four points, we can't see a whole lot more of Mac Jones, can we? Like, they're going to have to get rid of him for good very soon, right? Yeah. Look, yes, because now, okay, he gets benched. He's criticizing the coaching staff. Calling out the play calling. Yeah, it's like, hold on, hold on. Realize who you're criticizing. you just in this league. This guy's been in here for years. Yeah, 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 I think he's uh his days are numbered. A W goes to C.J. Stroud of the Houston Texans. They went into Cincinnati and got a win over Burrow and the Bengals. C.J. Stroud has 2,626 yards passing. He's projected as a rookie to finish with 4,960 yards passing, 28 touchdowns, and four interceptions. C.J. Stroud at age 22 is already one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL statistically, for a Texans team that nobody expected to do anything this year, but that is now 5-4 and four and is in contention because of the great play of their rookie. Not only do they have a guy who's going to win Rookie of the Year, they got a guy who's going to be in conversations to win MVP in his rookie year. C.J. Stroud is incredible, unbelievable, man. The Texans are set up for a long time. Yeah, uh, much better than with uh, Carolina. Much better than Bryce Young, and yeah. I would go so far as to say for Houston, he's much better than Watson. Like he's 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 a better player than Deshaun Watson is, which is crazy. But I think that's where we are. I saw a crazy stat, and I give a weekend out to Lamar Jackson. You guys who listen regularly know I'm not a big Lamar Jackson guy. Here's why, and I'll find the stat for you, and I'll shout it out. You guys are gonna hoot and holler and tell me about how well he runs the ball and all these different things that you guys say it's nonsense. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens have lost seven games in the last two years 
where they had a double-digit lead, seven games in the last two years where they had at least a 90% chance to win, according to analytics. Well, yesterday, they were blowing out Cleveland. Lamar throws a pick six. Lamar can't uh, get keep the offense off the field, or on the field, rather, and the Browns rally back 33-31 to for the season. Lamar Jackson has 10 touchdowns, five interceptions, 10 touchdowns in 10 games. That ain't $200 million stuff, bro. Ravens made a mistake. Yep. I'm look, I'm trying to uh, get some news here. Oh, well, W goes to Kyler Murray of the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray came back from injury, played very well in his first game. They beat Atlanta 25-23. to Murray threw for 249 yards, ran for 33 yards, and a valuable late-game score. Ah, now let's have some fun. A weekend L goes to Zion Williamson and the hapless New Orleans Pelicans. Zion Williamson had the following to say. It's a little bit different for you this year than it was last year. Uh, do you think that's something that you guys just need to address a little bit, maybe do some things differently or try to adapt some things from last year? I guess how do you feel just where you are right now? Uh, you know, like I said last year, you know, we had a team meeting and we brought up some things that I could do better, especially like with buying into the program. And right now it's tough right now, but like I said, right now I'm taking a little back seat right now and I'm, uh, I'm trusting the process. I'm trying my best to buy in right now. Trying his best to buy in right now. Zion Williamson is telling you publicly he doesn't believe in what you're doing. He is telling you publicly he's not 100% all in. He's telling you publicly he doesn't want to be in New Orleans, and he's just not doesn't have the stones to say that. The Pelicans are 4-6. and six. They've lost five games in a row. They're already a wreck. I'm already all out, but I'm already ready here to tell you on the show, I told you so. This is what it was always going to be. This is what it was always going to be. You got blown out yesterday by Dallas. And Brandon Ingram's not playing well. Zion's not bought in. He's trying his best to be bought in. What are we doing? What are we doing? Well, look, you can replay that little uh, spot you just played. If Zion Zion did not run a 100-yard dash before speaking, you can tell how how out of shape he's he gets winded just talking. He, he breathing. It's like he just ran a hundred yard dash, a sprint. If not, this dude's way out of shape. He couldn't even talk when I breathing hard. It's it's crazy, man. Look, it's a Pelicans team. They got blitzed yesterday at home. Gave up hundred and thirty six points. There are advanced statistics that say that the Pelicans this year have been better when Zion and Ingram are not playing. And there's an advanced statistic out there that says that Brandon Ingram has the worst net rating of any player in the NBA, meaning the way he guards, the way he plays offense. You know, we gauge it both together. He has the worst net rating of any player in the NBA. Your core is not good enough. You've lost five in a row. You're playing Dallas again in a couple days. Why would it be any different than it was a couple nights ago? The Pelicans are a wreck. Well, Pelicans fans, the next home game should boo him to no end. Oh, I'm not all the way. I'm, I'm trying to be bought in all the oh, way. You know what? We're in. You're not. Let's boo him and get him out. Yeah, it's it's crazy. W goes to Nichols for all the reasons we talked about earlier in the show. Football wins conference. Basketballs are, are playing extremely well. Uh, a weekend L goes to the UConn women's basketball team, right? 
Where's all the venom? Where's all the people talking noise about UConn like they did about LSU? UConn lost yesterday, got beat up. NC State beats them 92-81. to UConn, like LSU, gets an early season L. Uh, w goes to Tyrese Maxey of the Philadelphia 76ers. With James Harden out of the lineup, Tyrese Maxey's now taking on point guard duties for Philadelphia. All he had did yesterday was go 20 of 32 from the field, score 50 points with five assists. For the year, Tyrese Maxey's averaging 28.6 points and 7.2 assists, shooting 50% from the field. The young man is taking a big leap forward. Good on him. He is playing unbelievable. Weekend L goes to Tennessee. The Volunteers got hammered by Missouri on Saturday. Um, They're not very good. (laughs) Uh, They're kind of a one-hit wonder in the SEC. They were really, really good last year, but they're not really, really good this year. Missouri puts it on them tough. And the last weekend L that I'll give is to uh, Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss had a chance to make a statement this weekend. They're going on the road. They're playing Georgia. Georgia's maybe a little more vulnerable than what they've been in years past. And Kiffin's Ole Miss team does what Kiffin's Ole Miss teams have always done in the big stage. Since he's been there, they get hammered. It's an Ole Miss team that just can't win the big one. They remind me they are the Dallas Cowboys of the NCAA. They win all the games they're supposed to win. They don't win any games that they're not supposed to win. Kiffin gets hammered 52-17 to against Georgia, and now there's whispers that he might be flirting with Texas A&M and trying to go for some greener pastures in the big payday. Yeah, somebody on a sports corner Saturday picked Ole Miss to win. Couldn't be me. Yeah, well. <laughs> Might have been the only one that I got right, but yeah, I was not yeah. picking uh, Kiffin oh. in that one. They closed out with Monroe and Mississippi State, so they could still have a 10-2 and two regular season, but um, boy, Alabama and yeah, Georgia look, beat you up. Yeah, your two losses lose to Alabama and Georgia, but... It's tough. You, you gotta, you gotta win those. You gotta start winning some of those if you ever want to make it to the championship. We want to thank everybody for listening. Thanks to Coach Kaiweth for his time today. Thanks to Coach Jenkins for her time today, and thanks to Coach Grogan for his time. Uh, and thanks to you all. Tomorrow we've got a fun show planned. We're gonna recap some of these basketball scores. We'll talk a little football. Wednesday we'll put a pin on the South Lafouche season with BJ Young. Brody Williams is going to start taking BJ's spot in that Wednesday time slot as we transition to basketball. Uh, and we got a fun week of shows ahead. So we'll wrap up right here. Thanks to everybody for listening. Back same time tomorrow. You've been listening to Play by Play. Love you guys. God bless. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.